Welcome to Driven Radio Show, your home for car talk covering the latest news to the greatest views on the biggest names in performance, sports, and just plain cool driving machines. Your hosts are freelance auto journalist, senior auction analyst for Sports Car Market Magazine, writer and editor of ReadTheDriven.com, Brett Hatfield, plus videographer and host of the YouTube channel Craving Cars, Corey Pratt, and 35-year radio veteran, book publisher, and vehicular village idiot, Mark Catfish Groves. Let's rev up the conversation time for driven radio show welcome to driven radio your weekly escape from the bad acid trip that is 2020 amen i am brett hatfield and <laughs> you're not i'm here with our exalted engineer and oh co-host mr catfish groves the grand Pooba. and hey. the beloved mr Corey pratt of craving cars on uh, youtube hello hello nice to see you again gentlemen uh, we're coming to you from the rain-soaked Driven Radio Studios in Overland Park, Kansas. Did you guys see the rain coming down earlier today? Oh uh, yeah, I actually got out in Constantly. it. I mean, I've been working in my basement all day. That's what I. That's what I do mm-hmm. with my radio job, and uh, I got out with my little umbrella and I walked in puddles. Yeah, it, for five minutes. It was season awesome. Come to Kansas, but damn, it was raining hard. <laughs> I, I was all over the town, and, and it was pouring on me one moment, bone dry somewhere else. I get out of the car, pours on me again. <laughs> So that's kind of this is all your fault. Yeah, this is all your fault. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, tell your friends. If there's something you want to hear more of, please tell us. And we are waiting. We are waiting, waiting. We're so excited. We want to see you send pictures of your and the stories about your cars. Let us see your projects, your cruisers, your show cars, your racers, whatever's in your garage. Send us your pictures and your stories. We want to hear about it. Uh, we might even put the really good stories on the show. You can see a cool car someplace, but it, the story is what really makes it. Amen. Amen. Uh, you can send all your good stuff to Brett, B-R-E-T-T, at readthedriven.com, B-R-E-T-T, at R-E-A-D-T-H-E-D-R-I-V-E-N.com. Hey, this week we've got news about how the new Ford Bronco trim levels got their names. The popularity of the Bronco may postpone when some of you can get your hands on one. A legendary Speedcore Mopar you can buy if your pockets are deep enough. And Elon Musk is crying foul. Rivian (laughs) may have the first EV pickup on the market. And tonight we are interviewing... Worst guests we've ever had. We're going to interview each other. Rut row, Raggy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're going to find out how we all came to be the jack leg car fiends that we are. Uh, we've got a lot of news to cover this week, so let's get to it. The Bronco trim names that they came out with when yep. the Bronco debuted a couple weeks ago, uh, they're kind of Easter eggs. They've got some history to them. Hmm. Uh, when the new Bronco debuted, uh, Ford also debuted a whole new naming scheme for its trim packages with names like Big Bend. Uh, Badlands and Wild Track. Uh, many of those names do have some history to them. I'm sorry. Uh, okay, all what was, is this smart? All Alex? I was hearing in my head was yeah, Wild Track, you know, Badlands, Gopher Gulch, you know, Toad Suck, <laughs> and I'm like, damn, guys, you didn't pick the really fun ones. Hey, they should have like Gold Rush in there. Give too me a second, I'm not even done. Oh dang, oh, oh uh, lead on, McDuff. So uh, a lot of these have some historical meaning behind them. Uh, <laughs> the oldest surviving original Bronco was the inspiration for the Big Bend. Not Big Ben, not the clock in, in London, but no. the bi- yeah. Big the Bend end, right. trim package. Uh, in 1967, Ford gave Carroll Shelby one of their uh, new Broncos, which would later serve time on Shelby's ranch in Texas near Big Bend National oh. Park. Oh, so, uh, that truck is also said to have been in service at the local Big Bend Ford dealership. So there's a little heritage there. Nice. Uh, the Bronco Wild Track gets its name from the Ford Ranger Wild Track, and that's been sold in other markets since 2000. When they say other markets, that means not North America. Ah. So South America and Central America, other places not here. Buenos Aires, lucky you. Mm-hmm. Yeehaw. Now, this is the one I like. <laughs> the, the Sasquatch Package. Yes! What's that one named ever? Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, Isn't that a type of, uh, uh, you know, squash? Mm-hmm. No? Yeah, that's, yeah, the Sasquatch. That's, Make a, that's Sasquatch it. pie? Uh, the Sasquatch package may be Ford's most creative shot at Jeep yet. Uh, for years now, uh, we've seen items relating to, relating Jeep to Bigfoot itself or 
himself herself uh ranging from stickers to entire upgrade packages carrying the creature's name this relationship between jeep fandom and sasquatch has never been officially recognized so ford decided they'd go ahead and grab that name (laughs) for themselves uh giving the furry f-toe to jeep the uh, I, I'm just going to toss this in because I'm an idiot. Uh, I would buy that, and then I would go and rent the movie and show it on the side of my house. Uh, the Man Who Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Really? stars Sam Elliott, you and know, it is I've a wanted, fantastic I've movie. I've wanted to see that, and I've heard it was really great, and I haven't watched it yet, but I, that's on my list. It surprised me how good it was for being so effing ridiculous. <laughs> like calling your package the Sasquatch. You know what I'm saying? I, I think you I, do. I, 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 do. I, I do. have never, ever referred to my package as a Sasquatch. <laughs> However, I do have a pair of boxers that says Home of the Whopper across the front. Oh, my God. Oh, you should have saved that for What's Seg the phrase for that? <laughs> T-M-I. Well, you know. Uh, I really thought Sasquatch was more of a playoff because of the, the big monster truck. Bigfoot has always been a Ford. Yeah. That's kind of what I thought was. Yeah. But and, I guess, and they could they could have done that, but you know, we haven't seen a Bigfoot well, I don't know, I don't watch monster uh, truck yeah. stuff, but that hadn't been around I think, for a while. I think there's it? a newer one, but but since I don't watch them either, I don't know. To give the devil his due, though, find out. I do like the Big Ben name. I think that's cool that they that gave kind of a tribute that was neat. to Shelby. I like that one. Yep. Yeah, so, I dig that. Very cool. Uh, from MuscleCarsAndTrucks.com, uh, speaking of the Bronco, the new Bronco deliveries may take until 2022 to come home to Papa. Your Sasquatch is going to be an adult. <laughs> before you can stick it in your driveway. That's crap. That'd be Papa now, Sasquatch. You guys remember last week we were talking about how Ford doubled the production on the first edition Bronco, right? Because yeah, they oversold right. it. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, well, the Bronco has garnered so much attention since its debut. Ford has had to reportedly push back their original delivery date of April 2021. They were going to, you know, initial deliveries were going to happen for uh, spring 2021. Yeah, well, now, yep. they, they said spring 2021. We assumed that was April because spring starts towards the end of March. Yeah, you know, we thought spring would be spring. But however, it uh, looks like it's going to be in June, maybe. And this is all fine and good, but there's some bad news for current reservation holders because according to Ford, their current volume of reservations means some buyers may not receive their trucks until sometime in 2022. And they haven't even really nailed that down. Man. They're talking like 18 months. Dude, that's crap. It's. Uh, I, I hope it's not the first edition ones. Because a, aren't you supposed to get those first? That's a long time to hold your breath before you blow out your candle. No, you know? that's what I'm That really is. It's also a long time to let Ford hold on to your 100 bucks. Now, this is this could change when the ordering books officially open in December. Not everyone who placed the $100 refundable deposit will commit to purchasing a Bronco, uh, but a lot of other people will. So Ford plans on building all the reserved Broncos before, before moving on to filling stock units, which means that dealerships, if you were like kind of, you know, hanging around, you go, oh, okay, I'll just go to dealership and get it. Yeah, they're not going to be getting their hands no, on the SUV until 2022. They're going to take the ones that have been oh, in boy. reserve and show yeah. up for delivery, and they'll hold on to them for a week and let everybody see you're going to find them at Meekum yeah. and bring a trailer. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> with with thirty and $40,000. Oh, hell yes. <laughs> so I think one of the reasons why this is going to be held on, because there's going to be 80,000 of them at, at SEMA this year. Oh, like, oh, like the ones oh, that God, I hadn't thought about that. Well, I don't know. You, you think that the pre-production ones will be out, or do you think everybody will be grabbing first-gen I ones? I think and doing... Ford's got some done, made out, ready well, to go. Well, I'm, sh- I'm to sure SEMA. they do, but yeah. I'm also thinking that SEMA this year will probably be a whole lot of first-gen Broncos that have been modified. We're going to probably see. I wouldn't doubt that either. You know, we'll see stuff from Seth Burgett, who owns Gateway, and we'll see stuff from Icon and anybody else who's been doing this. But uh, I. I'd be surprised if the new ones were there. It would be. It'd be cool if they were. Now, even with that eighteen-month wait, uh, people probably be kind of happy to get them. However, Jeep is going to be bringing out some enticing new models of their own during this time, and now mm. they have a price point. Welcome to the yes, world's new automotive pissing match. Yeah, it's going to. It's you know, I'm kind of excited <laughs> about it because it's kind of like when you you look at one side of the cart and the ball goes over there and then. Boink, it goes the other side. Come on, Mac and roll. Throw a fit. Let's see what let's see what <laughs> well, happens with this. I think all of us are all are old enough to remember the uh, the Mustang and Camaro pissing match. 
uh, through the 80s and 90s. Yes. And I'm thinking this will be a lot worse than that because the manufacturers themselves <laughs> yeah, are taking shots actually. at each other. Which could on. be uh, one of those, okay, guys, that's enough, or <laughs> bring it all. Do it again. Bring do it, it again. You know, who, you know who benefits in all of this? We, we do. do. <laughs> so muscle cars and trucks with another one. Carbon fiber bodied Dodge Demon is for sale. That was put together by Speedcore on Bring a Trailer. On Bring a Trailer? On Bring, bring a, trailer. a Trailer, yeah. You better so, bring an enclosed trailer. If, you, if you've got <laughs> deep enough pockets. Yes. Yeah. And that's, well, that's the real rub. The Dodge Demon is the ultimate expression of what Brotherhood of Muscle stands for. Isn't that right, Mark? Damn right. It's right. You Mopar fiend you. <laughs> so this was built by Speedcore. They are in Grafton, Wisconsin. Uh, this carbon fiber body demon is one of five. Uh, and they basically built these to highlight the company's pre-impregnated carbon fiber manufacturing capabilities. Pre-impregnated. Boy, once you buy that, there's going to be a lot of impregnating going on. There's a phrase I could do without. Pre-impregnated makes it sound like you're already on the hook for child support and you didn't even get to have fun. I'm sorry to interrupt. Please go on. With over 800 horsepower, I hope you could have a little bit of fun. (laughs) Anyways. Come on. The entire body of the Challenger has been replaced with carbon panels. Providing an, uh, basically about a weight savings of close to 200 pounds. Two or actually, probably a little pounds. over 200 pounds. Well, on the Challenger, it kind of needed it, though, because those things are, what, 42, 4,300 pounds? Yeah, they're, they're well over 4,000 pounds. So it basically, curbside, yeah. what they did by putting on the carbon fiber is they took a heavy car and made it a not-so-heavy car. Okay. <laughs> Good. Win. Yeah, so it's still a little chunky. Yeah, but it's, uh, a, it's a demon, so there is an demon, offset. So. Yep, yep. Uh, the build remains stock outside of the carbon fiber. So, oh no, with race fuel, you're only at 840 horsepower. That sucks. <laughs> <laughs> only eight, only 181 miles show on the odometer. So this it, it's a new car. New. It's a brand new car. Uh, it's I wonder being, how many of those for sale by Speedcore themselves. So. I, I wonder with it being Speedcore, how many of those 881 miles have been like a quarter mile. Them, them going up. Oh, yeah. Them yeah. going how many shots? Oh, yeah. A launch and a shutdown. There's a half mile. Yeah, they didn't tell you that they've been through six sets of rear tires. Launch but. and a shutdown. There's another half mile. <laughs> coming, you're right. Mark, Mark, coming from a, Brett, coming from a demon, 181 miles, might as well be 181,000 on some cars. Yeah, maybe. you got 27 miles on it and the, the cords are showing through your tires. <laughs> you are not wrong. Yeah, do you want to know what that's at right now? Yeah, I looked at it this so, afternoon. Okay, so this afternoon, it, it, it already reached 100,000. Where are we sitting yep. now at the time of recording? Here? We are uh, still right at 100K. But it's got six days left. Jeez. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So that's I'm, right. Now, I'm assuming like a lot of bids, a lot of stuff happens towards the end of those days. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, almost all of these are like most of the car auctions. You see where everything happens in the last half hour or less. And, you know, if it's sitting at 100K now, what's a demon go for these days? About a buck forty. Give or take. Um, well, when they were new, they were what a hundred grand or something. But I, mean, I well, think no, people were selling them for their hundred k sticker. But you were seeing them yeah. at auctions for a hundred and a half, hundred. Yes, I, I was seeing one forty, one fifties. Yeah. So what do you think? One clad and with uh, it's one of five, and it's clad entirely in carbon fiber would go Ugh. for. You know the. the I would assume uh, the demon a was big, already chunk, collectible anyway because they only made thirty three hundred of them. Now, now, what did the carbon fiber? package basically you think go for by speed core so if you went to speed core and bought this what do you think that would cost i don't even want to ask man obviously a few a few bucks yeah, yeah. it would be a ton i mean $10 you'd have to Bitcoin. save your lunch money for a couple weeks <laughs> <laughs> yeah no kidding but if you want that piece of mopar history bring some bucks i'm in a trailer i'm gonna say the thing goes for 250 250 okay what about you mark what do you think? Uh, let's see it's at 100k now i'm betting a buck 80 Buck eighty. I'll go. Yeah, I don't I'll think go it'll straight. break two. I'll tell you what. I'll go two hundred. You go one eighty, two hundred. I go think it's at least two hundred, okay. just because the carbon fiber package has got to cost a fortune. Think about the labor involved in putting that in. Even if they've got this pre-impregnated process and it's quick to make the panels and all that, there is some finishing to it. Plus installing it all on the car. Plus you got one of five, and I don't know that too many of the other ones are out running around. Period. Yeah. So. Uh, from Automotive News, Dateline San Francisco, Tesla has accused Rivian Automotive Incorporated in a lawsuit of an alarming pattern of poaching its employees and stealing trade secrets. <laughs> the world's leading electric vehicle maker alleged that four of its former workers took sensitive proprietary information as they left to work for rival startup for the rival startup Rivian, and Tesla said it suspects there are at least two more culprits. Uh, misappropriating 
keeping Tesla's competitively useful confidential information when leaving Tesla for a new employer is obviously wrong and risky, according to the complaint filed in in state court in San Jose, California. In the lawsuit, Tesla said Rivian has hired 178 ex-Tesla employees. (laughs) Ah, That's a lot. And roughly 70 of whom joined Rivian directly from Tesla. Rivian, which which counts Amazon, uh, T. Rowe Price, BlackRock Incorporated, and Ford Motor Company among its top-tier investors, has denied the allegations. If you guys remember last year, I think, Mm -hmm. what was it? Amazon put in a billion or a billion and a half, and Ford put in a half billion. And the company said it requires all new employees to confirm they have not and will not introduce former employers' intellectual property into Rivian Systems. We admire Tesla for its leadership in resetting expectations of what an electric car can be. Rivian called the claims in the lawsuit baseless and counter to Rivian's culture, ethos, and corporate policies. Now, you can say... They didn't bring anything with them all you want. But if they weren't bringing anything with them and they didn't have any knowledge of how Tesla does things and they didn't have any experience in this in uh-huh. this uh, forum, you wouldn't be hiring them. Did you learn anything at Tesla? No, I don't know nothing. Well, come work here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you seem like a nice guy. Uh, no. <laughs> I think gal. Listen, I'm, I'm sure that. Even if the former Tesla employees were not bringing intellectual property with them, uh, work culture and processes and everything else, that's going to travel with you. That's just it's part of your background. Well, sure. And I think it would be disingenuous to deny that. Uh, for that matter, maybe Tesla shouldn't have pissed off 178 people. It wouldn't have gone to work for Rivian. <laughs> you know, it, it, it could be that. I, I think what the problem was was when George Jetson got caught because he had this, the uh, Cogswell Cog stuff mm-hmm. in his lunchbox and he took it to Spacely Sprockets. Yeah. So, there you go. Yeah. That's a, you know, that'll, that was the bell ringer right there. That'll do it. That'll do it right there. You got it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, please. I want a Tesla truck and I want it to sell just like George Jetson's little space mobile. Uh, I, I do too. Uh, I'd you, pay for that. You may want that Tesla side. Cyber truck, but well, uh, from muscle cars and trucks, the Rivian uh, R1T will beat Tesla Cybertruck Hummer EV, Ford F one fifty EV to the market. The Rivian truck's going to be out first. Now, do yes. you want the Tesla just because it looks like the Terminator drove it? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. I get it that. It is a goofy looking damn I, truck, I, and I, I want it. Bad. I don't know if goofy is the right word. I I think it's the perfect one. Okay. <laughs> it's goofy. It's I, very I, something. I think that it looks like a, De- a DeLorean has a carnal knowledge of somebody from Tron. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a. So it, I, so I don't feel like I'm going out on a limb to say that. To it's like it. somebody from Daimler, one of the original ones, one of the 200 year old old de- engineers. Went, you know what? I'm going to make this one final truck <laughs> before I hit the grave. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, I, I see shades of the of the uh, Cyberdyne Systems T100 in there. Yeah, sorry, absolutely. Corey, you were saying. Uh, sorry, Corey, you were saying. I, I was uh, saying that we're all going to be assimilated in <laughs> cyber trucks. Resistance is futile. Yes, <laughs> right. Uh, the electric pickup truck segment, of course, is continuing to grow. So we're going to see a lot more of this stuff, unfortunately. Oh, sure. I'm Despite a, the I'm fact. That they're a big EV guy, but that's there okay. There aren't any for sale currently. No, that's right. But yet, there's so many of them coming in there. Uh, the Rivian R1T should officially become the first battery-powered pickup to come for sale. Rivian plans to start production of its debut battery electric R1T pickup truck and the R1S SUV by mid 2021. So by that a year. would be before the damn Bronco shows up. I was just thinking that I wasn't going to say anything, but I'm like, oh crap, they're even going to beat the Bronco. And that, oh, and that, that's, that's dirty, dirty that's talk. The, the company promises the trucks will <laughs> offer a 180 kilowatt battery pack and quad motor setup, producing over 750 horsepower. I'm in. That will propel the Rivian R1T to 60 in around three seconds. Yeah. Jesus, you goodness. had me at hello. <laughs> So, I'm sorry, Dodge Demon. <laughs> I love the 2000. We, we have something in our stories that's fast, And it comes no. with a 400-mile range. 400-mile range. That's not oh, bad. Wow. That's re- that's but, probably the most no, no, I've no. ever read seen the out next, of Read the next line. This is the super right, cool part. All right. All right. We got this. And and it can do zero-degree turns like a tank. What? 
So the wheels kick one set side goes forward, one goes backwards, and you're just like, Whee! oh, I know one. You can do what uh, what the you were just talking about monster trucks. You can do what monster trucks do. Yeah, just yeah, yeah. Boom. Well, four wheel steering, and everybody's going in a different oh, direction. Do you guys know how much the uh, the cyber trucks going for for Tesla? Do you know huh. how much that's going to end up being? No, I, I haven't heard any prices. It'll be okay. stupid. All right. Stupid well, this expensive. actually doesn't sound as bad as I thought because I know what prices of trucks, actual trucks, yeah, go yeah, for. Yeah. But the Rivian has previously said vehicles will have a sticker price of around seventy thousand dollars. Really? That's competitive. A seven hundred and fifty horsepower, four hundred mile range EV truck. You go look at a loaded up. That's zero to sixty in three seconds. Crew cab F one fifty or a loaded up crew cab Silverado, and it's a long way north of seventy. Dang. So. Yeah, that's yep. awesome. And 750 horsepower. This is going to be very competitive, not just for EVs, but for the petrol power world, Why too. in the hell would you need a pickup to go zero to 60 in three seconds? Who cares? I want one. Because I was say, you Brent, can. You answer that question. Because <laughs> you want one. <laughs> I was driving over to Mark's house last night in the Harley pickup. Streets were just a little tiny bit damp. <laughs> I made the turn on to Flum going south and stomped it, and that thing burned all the way through first and second gear. Uh, I was about to say, you made record time, but no, I don't think so. That piece of crap six-banger I got in my 2008 Silverado. Oh, you're yeah, powerful, it becomes, baby. It becomes a monster when it's uh-huh. a little wet and slick. Yeah. You're like, man, I got me some power. <laughs> Hell yeah. Power. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, it sounds like we're all ready for the pickup to be here. You can find the article links to all of these stories on readthedriven.com. Up next, you're going to hear how we came to be the car nerds we are, what our favorite cars are, what we wish we could lay our hands on, Mm. and how much trouble we've gotten into doing dumb stuff. (laughs) Dumb stuff. All this and much more (laughs) is right around the corner on Driven Radio. Welcome back to Driven Radio, the sweetest smelling podcast on the web. Our guest this week uh, is us. We spend our time every week interviewing people from every corner of the car world, but we've never let our audience hear the ans- hear us answer the questions we ask our guests. So Oof. this week, we're going to turn the tables and put ourselves in the hot seat. Ha, 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 ha. Which one of you is going to be the first victim? I, I vote for Corey. I, I vote for Corey. Vote. <laughs> I, I, Corey. How does you're that on. work? I don't I vote Corey. Corey. Ha ha, now you're jacked. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Corey Pratt. <laughs> Mr. Corey Hello. Pratt, uh, who comes to us courtesy of YouTube's Craving Cars. Yes. And uh, whom I met, what was it? It wasn't last, was it just last year? Jeez, it seems a lot longer ago than it, that. It, uh, it was over a year ago. And Let's just put. The, I we know were that. at the streetcar takeover. It was. I was there with Ped, and we had the Impala yeah. and, and all that. So curve. it was like spring of last year. Yes. So, Mister Corey, that's me. Where did you grow up? And uh, no, where'd you grow up, dude? Uh, where did I? Well, where You're did not I not, Where did I not grow up? Um, I went to five different elementary schools. Out of um, out of five different cities. First one burnt down. The second mm. one exploded. The third one burnt mm. down. The fourth one burnt down, then exploded. Four. I started in northern <laughs> Iowa and ended up in the Kansas City area. Oh wow! So I went cool. to four. I, I didn't. I don't quite have you matched. I went to four. Oh well. Are you an army kid or? Uh, um, uh, I wish that was the excuse because that would be so much easier. It really would be. But so when I started school, so kindergarten first second was the same school. Oh, Third gotcha. was another school. Fourth was another school. Fifth was another school. Sixth was another school. I'm guessing they just moved a lot. We just moved a lot. A there lot. you go. And eventually went from Waterloo, Iowa, Cedar Falls, Iowa, Marion, like it's in Cedar Rapids, Iowa area. Nice. And then down to, uh, ended up in Lee Summit. They kicked him out of Missouri. Iowa. So it's a suburb of Kansas City, if you guys don't know that, um, that, that are listening. And yeah, and so that's, that's, that's kind of where I ended up. And then from there, I went to lovely... Kansas City School District from middle school and high school. Cool. Not recommended. <laughs> you learned a lot, uh, didn't you? <laughs> However, I, I, I have times like in my high school, we did some really cool stuff, and I got to go on some trips that I would not have been on the go in, a let's say, a better school district. So I got some experiences I wouldn't have got. So yeah. if you're going on trips with the school, were you in a magnet school? Yes. Okay. That was back when they did the magnet program. That's correct. So, And what were you there for? I was actually going to East High. 
Okay. But usually magnet schools, when kids go there, they've got some specialty there. Each one had like a program. This was the environmental science and agribusiness school. I was on the environmental science. I like science. Okay. So I was on the environmental science side of things. And uh, I picked the right one because we went on a lot of trips. Cool. (laughs) The first time I saw mountains was my freshman year in high school. I don't want to teach these little shits. Let's get out of town. There's a lot of environmental things outside of in this country, so we got to do a lot of stuff. Yeah. Colorado, I, I went to even Yellowstone. I went cool. I was down and I saw got to see the canyons, and I mean, I, I give them that. It, it was fun, and I will say that you know they did give the ability for the better students, not just anybody or riffraff was going on the trip. So I felt uh, semi privileged. Cool, very nice. cool, Mr. For Mark. Being a good student. Where, yeah. Where'd you grow up, dude? I grew up in Branson, Missouri. We uh, we bounced around a little bit before then. We were, my dad uh, worked uh, some sheet metal work and stuff like that. So we were up at uh, McDonnell Douglas in St. Charles oh, oh. Uh, in the early 60s, early mid-60s. Uh, went down to Lockheed uh, in so Atlanta, your, Georgia. Your dad did sheet metal on aircraft. Yeah, my dad helped build the first C-5A. And uh, also oh. he did uh, sheet metal work for cool. F-4s. And this was back in like 1968. What a coincidence. My dad, he didn't. Yeah, I couldn't see it. <laughs> so, yeah, awesome. And then uh, he ended up, the, I think both he and mom got kind of homesick for the uh, for Southern Missouri. And so gotcha. we uh, we moved back to Southern Missouri. And I went I went to the same school all 12 years. Wow. Yeah, first grade. No all kidding. 12 years. No kidding. Uh, but yeah, I was uh, Branson all the way through. So from 1970 to 82. And then uh, went up to uh, I was I lucked out. My wife and I were just talking about this because I was l- lucky enough. I was kind of an egghead and a bit of a thespian, which is hard to be a redneck thespian. But you know, sometimes you gotta you bear the cross you've been nailed to. Let dawn through you yeah, yeah. yonder light breaks. <laughs> All right, poetry, y'all. <laughs> and, Jesus, but uh, um, I was lucky enough that I was in a class of 140 students max um i was 11th from the top wow and none of those other 10 kids before me wanted to go to mizzou so i was the one who got the uh the scholarship oh cool so and then i there was one scholarship given out and the 11th kid got it yeah the 11th kid in a row got it because nobody else wanted to go there and i'm like okay now in that first that first year i i totally you know burned up the uh scholarship because i guess you were supposed to get good grades there too oh really and yeah i didn't really figure that out but uh and then uh there you know the rest of history you had a college ask you to come i've had several ask me to leave oh they asked somebody from the that high school to come i just happened to be the one who fell into it (laughs) and and you know what i'll take it i'll freaking take it nobody else is gonna go you want it okay so uh yeah so that's my sordid history that's like saying hey there's a grand prize and i got number 11th pick i'm never going to get this grand prize and it turns out you end up getting it just because nobody else wanted it the first 10 (laughs) yeah and i'm so glad thank you all thank you class of 82 not Not that grand if 10 people go "Mm, no i'm so glad chris bolick and 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 you know john Bennett didn't want it. Thank you. Thank you all. So anyway, you've been here uh, pretty much Mm -hmm. a local boy the whole time. I have been. We've lived all around the uh, KC Metro, uh, lived in, lived about a mile from where Corey lives right now. Yep. Uh, We also lived in Harrisonville, Overland Park, Olathe. Uh, lived in Olathe for the longest time. We landed there when I was 10 and uh, stayed there. Until I was out of high school, and long after I was out of high school. Well, well, the funny thing is, is you started over in Missouri. What the hell did you head to McKansas for? Uh, Dad had a lumberyard. Oh, that's right. Money, so baby. It was parents that yeah. parent related. Okay. Uh, really grew up around the lumberyard all the time. Uh, it just being around there. Plus, if your old man starts a lumberyard and the economy is not real great, and he doesn't have a lot of extra money, but he's got a lot of crappy jobs that need to be done. <laughs> You've been elected. And he's got a son who's old enough to walk, talk, and keep his hands out of saws. Guess what? That's free labor. (laughs) Yeah, you know, your child labor law is uh, exhibit when it's your child. Uh, Well, you know, why not take advantage of, hey, he was just sitting around watching Scooby-Doo, so I put him to work. You know, Uh, my first job was when I was 11, my first full-time gig, five days a week. Oh, wow. I was washing dishes by hand, and it was pretty cool to be able to buy my own clothes. and and I would have traded you out for chopping down weeds taller than I was around the lumberyard. No, I, I got to admit, yeah. 
I still worked in, inside. It was and, in the back of a restaurant. And, and this, still. this is pre-weed eater. This is pre... Oh, you had to swing the... Uh, I had the weed whip. Oh, had the weed you whip. had an actual weed whacker. And the... Uh, the he was the, the weed yeah, whacker. Yeah, I, I, wa- I are the weed whack. whacker. And the lumberyard didn't have running water. So if you wanted cold water during the day, you had to freeze a two-liter bottle overnight and then take it with you. Ah, oh, dude. Wow. At least yeah. there was an option. I always <laughs> paid for whatever I could when I could just because uh, I did not have a lot of money. The, the family didn't have a lot of money growing up, so yeah. I didn't get except for what I needed most of the time. And if I wanted some extras because I saved up money. But here's the advantage I had in Iowa. We had deposits for bottles and cans. Oh, oh yes. Oh, yeah. There Five cents go. for a can and 10 cents for a glass bottle, a 16-ounce glass bottle. And I would keep a little... A plastic grocery sack tucked, tucked up underneath my bicycle seat. So every time I go to parking lots, like, ooh, they were drinking beer last night and decided to leave everything because they don't want to take open containers in their car. It's amazing how much money you could back then get as a kid <laughs> because we used to go collect pop bottles and you'd find them laying everywhere. Yeah. And pull those up, go over to the supermarket. The next thing you know, we are knee deep in pop tarts and bubble gum. You got it. Best money-making scam I've seen a little kid pull off yet was sitting at the car wash on Saturdays before there were change machines. Kid would a kid I knew would go to the car wash and he would take like a sack full of quarters with him. Uh-huh. And he would do 75 cents for, for a, a dollar. Brilliant. Before there were change machines. That kid bought his own car when he was 14. <laughs> oh my god. That is so smart. You got to well, applaud it. You got to applaud that, man. You know, it's just one of those things where you look at it and you go, I'm going to Okay, here we it, go. He owned the car wash. Uh, <laughs> hey, he was selling 75 cents for a bucket of car wash before there were change machines. And you think about that if you're there on a Saturday after about 11 or 12, the bank is closed. Oh yeah. So the kid had a way to make money. All righty. Uh, Mr. Corey, when did you know you loved cars? When did you know you were a car guy? Um, pretty young. Um, I'd say for definite, third grade-ish. Okay. Because my mom had a disgusting colored green Nova, early <laughs> 70s Nova. They had terrible colors back then. This green was awful. And not to mention it was more like faded, awful colored green. Um, I used to call it puke green, but I'll give her credit for that time. Maybe it was an actual cool green. I don't know, but I didn't really care for it. But the car sounded real nice. Well, you've told us before that your mom yes. had a boyfriend who was an engine guy and built the hell out he, of that he car. Built, he built racing engines, uh, and that's what his main business side. He actually had a shop that was in his – in Iowa. Okay, for one from in Iowa, everybody that had a garage, it was a detached garage. Yeah, sure. This guy had an extended you wouldn't want detached to be, garage wouldn't that be was basically to... a full-out shop. That was in his backyard. Nice. Well, in, in those harsh Iowa winters, you wouldn't want to be able to walk to the garage without getting your freaking knees covered in snow. So that typically is. It's weird because you know I we came to Missouri and almost every garage was attached to a house. I'm like, well, we never had them attached to a house there unless you. They're rich. They're rich they're, here. Look, they're rich. That's they're built in the last five years. <laughs> Three stuck grandma. Yeah, but so yeah, I, I just know that that was uh, that was some of it. But I remember just that's how much that I was like. I mean, don't get me wrong. As a kid, you I would see little cars pop up headlights. That was a big one. Oh yeah, I yeah. see pop. I'm like, oh, that must be awesome. That must be a great car because it has pop up headlights. No, I don't it's know got what too it was. much aerodynamic. Grade. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but uh, you know, it was just it was just maybe that's why I like Corvettes so much. They had pop up headlights. In. Yep. Um, and yeah, I just, and I know liking cars, but I didn't know what it was. And then I just remember one day particular getting on the seat, taking off. I just remember going, mom, this sounds good. This sounds really cool. And then she just goes, oh yeah, I want to feel this. And I just remember getting thrown back in the seat Oh and the the grin just went with it all the way from year to year. And then from that point on, it was just kind of like, yeah, now why I don't have the best of car histories or project type of stuff because of how much I'm in, you know how much I'm in the cars. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's well, it baffles dude, it's, me a little bit, but it, that's okay. We're always blinded by poor judgment. It happens. I think it's a car guy trait. Mr. Mark, when did you know? Uh, probably, honestly, when I was about 15 or 16. And my first car was a 1955 Plymouth. The thing that made that was like, oh, God, I, I love cars now was the freedom. Um, you know, yep. everybody has their home stories. And it was it was good for me to get out of the house. That car, I could go. And my parents trusted me. You know, mm-hmm. I made I made all the good grades. I did all the right things. I said all the right things. But that car was my was a new world for me. 
and loved it. Plus, you know, the front seat was like a couch. So, <laughs> dates you. Why go home? <laughs> well, there you are. We're skinny. We can hey, do it here. This one you go, hey, you want to go back to my place? She goes, yeah, you go, you're in it. All right, Brett. What was yours? Yep. Uh, I can't remember a time when I wasn't a car guy. Honest to God. Uh, very first toy that I have a memory of was a Hot Wheels T-Bird with the hood that popped up and it was Ooh. blue with a white interior, you know, plastic convertible oh, sure. Hot Wheels T-Bird. But, I, you know, my first memories, the very first ones I have, Dad had a, uh, a Fathom Green 72 Corvette ragtop, and I've talked about that before, and, you know, there were no car seats back then, and I can mm-hmm. remember being in that with my dad in the top down, and I'm standing up in the passenger seat. Holy oh, sure. crap. If you that saw that smart. now, they if somebody saw you do that with a kid now, they put you under the jail. They, you yep. throw away the key. Uh, but I remember dad's Corvette. I remember the Hot Wheels cars I had. I remember having evil Knievel toys. I remember cool. begging my mo- They didn't have an evil Knievel motorhome. And I remember begging my mom to buy me a Barbie motorhome so I could paint it to be Evil Knievel's motorhome. Awesome. Awesome. Uh, it just, I cannot remember a time when I wasn't a car or motorcycle guy. And I got a, uh, I got a go-kart when I was 10. I'd managed to save up $100 for it. Dad kicked in $100 for it. And Grandpa Hattie kicked in $100 for it. And I got a two-seat lime green go-kart that they sold in the sears catalog it was called the lime limo had a four horse tecumseh engine and i promise you it took me three years to blow the engine up but i did go-karts dirt bikes my parents didn't have a lot of money and you know i didn't even i didn't realize that they were broke until much later and then you look back and you go oh Uh but they always managed to find a way to help me get a toy or ride a motorcycle or whatever it was. They, uh, they always managed to, my folks went without a lot, but none of us kids ever did. Nice. And thank you, mom and dad. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you, mom and dad. Now my dad is, is two things. One, he's the hardest working human being there's ever been on the planet. <laughs> and he's also the hardest headed human being there's ever been on the planet. And because of that, he absolutely worked his his butt off and grew his business into something really big and then afforded us kids lots of things we wanted to do. And all I ever wanted to do was go fast. And dad dad helped me do that a lot, probably to both of our detriment. (laughs) Uh, Not all our choices are the best as parents. I'll give it to him. I'll give him this. He and I didn't get along about a lot of things, but there were two things we could always do together. One was car related stuff. Uh, you know, we could, uh, if we saw cool cars together or things like that. And the other one was always James Bond movies. No matter how much trouble I was in or how grounded I was, if James Bond came on TV, dad came and got me and we watched James Bond together. So nice. But, and, and I always watched to see what Bond was going to be driving and what gadgets he had in his car. Yeah. Of course. <laughs> that, that was always really fun. Yeah. <laughs> so can't remember a time when I wasn't a car guy. Uh, I was born a car guy and just got bigger. And always will be a car guy. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I really wish that all the car crap I know and remember, I wish that at some point in my life, I could have turned that into being a brain surgeon or being an attorney or being something that really would have made a lot of money and everything else. But this is what makes me happy. And I love doing this. I I've told the guys here for, for you, for you all listening. I tell these guys every week doing the show is my favorite thing that I do period. Being able to come in here, hang out with friends, and talk about car stuff. I love this. Always been a car guy. And I don't see not being one ever. Yeah. So there you go. Probably a, a, a really a long guy. way around on the answer on that. But, uh, <laughs> right. Touching. My, the answer is, in a word, always. We've heard the Plymouth story from you a lot, Mr. Yeah, Mark. maybe too much. <laughs> uh, Corey, what was your first car? 1981 Toyota Tercel. Oh, I've heard you mention the Tercel before. I can. That's I, right. I can outcrack you. One point five liter, hundred or sixty-five horsepower, four door beast, five speed. Hey, at least you had four doors. And check this out: the engine was longitudinal, not transverse. There you go. Yet it was still front wheel drive. Well, it had a nose. Wow, had a little nose. And it was the first front wheel drive production car for Toyota. 
Cool. And it was the first car to have rack and pinion steering since the 2000 GT in the 60s. Very cool. It was the epitome of sports performance. Yeah, there you go. I can out. It was cra- shit. I can out crappy you. <laughs> I can. I can out crap you on first car. But it was. It was in good shape, and it got me around. I don't know what and expression I'm supposed to have on my face while you're and telling it was that. And it was six hundred bucks, so that wasn't bad either. I can. Out, I can yeah. out crap you. I bet you can out crap a crapper. Uh, first car, nineteen seventy-eight, El Camino, two-tone blue. <laughs> Is it rust and blue? Three oh five, probably a two-barrel. Okay. And cracked frame, broken frame. Ooh, so they're kind of so, like, uh, how'd that work? Well, <laughs> you know, you found out after the fact. I didn't know. My dad had gotten it. You know, his, his company had gotten big enough that he bought another company, bought a flooring company, and this had been their hotshot truck. And they'd carried nothing but heavy crap in this truck oh, every day okay. from the time it was new until I got it. And I started driving in 85. So it had seven years of the hardest use you've ever seen in your life. So how did the crack, well, how did it feel like when you drove with a crack frame like that? Did, I don't was, know, man. I was a fresh driver. It was smooth and bouncy. And it just kind of felt like it had I more moves it. than an entire box of X-Lax. <laughs> it turns out it was just a body flexing because it was cracked. Well, and two weeks later for my 16th birthday, dad gave me a 78 Grand Prix that they'd bought new, but it had been passed around to everybody in the lumberyard who ever needed a car. And it had been ridden hard and put away wet. And he traded out lumber to a guy who owned a body shop and uh, gave the guy the lumber and the guy put a quick paint job on the car. Okay, so nice. the car... Looked okay, but everything else was as questionable as humanly possible. (laughs) So what happened was I had two cars at the same time. Their combined value was probably $1,000, and I would alternate which one of them was jacked up. Not doing good so Oh, gotcha. So uh, I had – it took me two cars to crack the four-figure mark. (laughs) <laughs> well, I don't know. I, I still think Corey's got you beat just on the cool factor for which one's oh, more his, the crap mu- box. Much cooler. Much no, cooler. no. I, oh. think, I think that your cell's do, evil. Do, do you guys understand but, uh, that? <laughs> <laughs> you guys understand, obviously, back in the day, Japanese cars were very small. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm six feet two. Yeah. Oh, so, yeah. imagine where well, you would normally put... It, he just wore it. Imagine where you normally put your... <laughs> Your hands for your for the steering wheel. It did not have a tilt. Good, you would look like an ostrich. Look like I could rest my like I could rest my elbows on my knees as I drove. Oh my god! Here's the cool stuff about the El Camino. Because they ran with such heavy loads in the thing all the time, they overloaded the car every time they or truck or it's the automotive equivalent yeah, of yeah. a mullet. But overloaded it every time they put stuff in it, so the El Camino had air shocks in it. You jack oh. the back end up in it. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And so we thought it would be a good idea to see how many high school sophomores you could cram into an El Camino once. With a crack frame? The number is 17. You can get 17 people oh, in an El Camino. Now, With them actually being in it, though. Well, yeah, not it's got a bed. So yeah. five people in the cab. Yeah. 12 people in the back. There you go. Thing looked like it was dragging lead. And no wonder the damn frame was cracked. Well, sure. So there you go. <laughs> good times. All right. So... Favorite car. What's the favorite car you've ever had? Corey. Favorite car that I've actually owned? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's oh. What's your favorite car you've ever owned? Um I don't know. I really have a favorite Okay, so I will say the one I worked the hardest for, and that's my two thousand Jeep Wrangler. Okay. Sahara. Okay. That that's- I still own today. 20 years later. That's fair enough. Nice. I'll have to say that that, that that would have to be, even though it's oxymoron because it's not necessarily a car. A, well, yeah, but, but fav- you know what I mean. Favorite vehicle. vehicle. Yeah. Mark. And it's not performance-oriented. Is it still your Plymouth? Except for off-road. It's probably, yeah, the Plymouth, because there was also that 56 Plymouth that if I'd been able to do anything with it besides... You just burnt holes in that. Yeah, just tear it apart. I think it would have been awesome. But uh, the the 55 Plymouth was, uh, well, it's got the, you know, rose-colored glasses memories on it, mm-hmm. but it was fun to drive, that three and the three. Now, I, uh, okay, I really did enjoy, for 11 years, I drove a Geo Storm. <laughs> Ninety-one a favorite car. Ninety-one Geo Storm. That little five-speed just outcrapped you. That was so peppy, and it was hard to kill. I I got smacked twice in it. The second time I got hit, they totaled the car, but I kept driving it. And uh, couldn't really tell the difference anyway. It was shut up. It was hard to kill. (laughs) And that hatchback, I brought home an eight-foot ladder and lumber. In the back of this effing little car. So, uh, you know, I, it, I liked my, my storm. It, I, I here's did that with here's my something to think too. about. You never see those anymore. No, you don't. They're gone. 
You don't nope. see geostorms, not never. Not, not, they're, not just, even. <laughs> they're just gone, man. So maybe that'll be the next collector. Okay. Uh, Mine had the pop-up headlights, the ones you like. Driven so. Radio Show top tip. Start finding the geostorms. Restore them now because they're going to be worth high dollars. <laughs> you heard it here first. You heard it here. <laughs> I, can, I, can, radio show. I, I cannot support that. I can't get behind that. Okay. okay We're uh, coming, Radwood. What's, what's the car you most regret selling? I've never sold the car. You just keep accumulating crap? Until they're just dead and they get thrown away. Wait, 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 wait. I didn't answer the last question. Yeah. Oh, my God. You just jumped ahead. Well, shoot, well shoot. it's a Corvette, obviously. Yeah, it's my 60. Yeah. It's my 60. I've, I've had the car for 32 years. I've had a lot of offers to sell it. Everybody and their mother thinks it's funny to pull up next to you and go, well, nice car. I'll swap it for it. Well, not unless you got you know a hundred grand in your glove box, you jack like, leg. Uh, you can have it if you can catch me. No, no, <laughs> not that one. No. Depends on the car. No, because if I'm the a, guy has a geostorm, then you can I, you can shut show. up. Especially now if there's a ladder mean. hanging out of the back of it. <laughs> or oh my god, both or of you. <laughs> <laughs> um, it, in fact, the day after I got the Corvette, I had a guy in a Ferrari 400i offer to swap me straight across. And I, I'm sitting there thinking, oh, I really want that Ferrari. But if I did that, I think the old man might tack my nuts to my forehead. Yeah. Uh, and he could do it. <laughs> While they're and, still attached. And, and I'm, <laughs> well, he, he could now. That's what happens when you get old. Uh, but I'm, I was always, visual, I was smart enough to never get rid of that car. And I, I'm glad I didn't. So okay. back yeah. to, back to it. Car you re, you most regret selling. Corey, you never sell anything. I mean, no, because uh, the Tercel basically got to the point where it died. So I had someone haul it off. I had a Corolla that pretty much died. So I had basically just signed it all. He doesn't somebody. sell it as a car. He sells it as scrap. Um, <laughs> yep. And, and, and it's and, like those cans he used to pick and up. And to be honest, I, I've had some that got totaled, you know, because of Rex or something yeah. like that. So I didn't even get a chance to have that. Uh, the last one I, I we traded in our Golf GTI, which was. A really my favorite little hatchback that we did trade in, so I can say that. But we did trade it for a nineteen Golf GTI. So okay, we yeah. basically just replaced it. Is yours going to be the Plymouth Mark? No, it was a I my f- only brand new vehicle I ever bought for myself in my life was uh, when I got out of college and I bought a Geostorm. N- no a nineteen eighty seven Nissan pickup. Really, oh, okay. just a little yeah. four banger, little yeah, black yeah. thing, and it had a nice little stereo in it. And uh, after I radically redesigned the uh, front oh, uh, that's and right. the carriage, I had to sell it for six hundred bucks. I'd had oh. it paid off for six months. Oh. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! You had the car paid off for six months. So you've only owned it long enough to have had it paid off for six months. I had months, it five and then you had to turn years and, and sell months. it for six hundred dollars. Yeah, because I wrecked it. Oh, and, and just boy. smashed the front end, totaled it, and I had uh, we Did were you- dirt poor down in Dallas, Texas at the time. So me and my infinite effing wisdom because i am such a smart guy i'm like oh my god finally it's paid off i can take off the comprehensive on my insurance and just do liability you dummy you fool Mm -hmm. Uh, i was a jackass because you know driving down in dallas texas you're zero or 70 there's no in between right you're zero during rush hour you're 70 all the other times and uh what a moron well what was that new how much did you how much was that it was 8200 bucks new Little five speed. How many years does it take you to pay off? Uh, five. <laughs> Eleven. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I paid it off, and then I, I killed it. So uh, what about you? Um, this is really kind of a tough question it's for me. It's the Bronco, isn't it? Oh, lately. I mean, the, the this latest is, one This is what Bronco. I've owned. This is oh, the list. Oh, my God. You typed it up. That's a long list. Yeah. Well, I and there's, there's quite a few of them on here that I wish I still had. And then there's some on here I'm glad I don't have it anymore. <laughs> Um, one of the cars that I had that I had the most fun in that I am so happy I do not own anymore yeah. is the 89 Saab 9000 Turbo. And much like the... That's like my favorite car. No, much like the Mercedes S600 that I oh, yeah. still own, Yeah. Um, when everything is working right on it, oh my God. It was amazing what that car would do. What year was that again? It was an 89. It would just fly. Yeah, those are pretty good. But. Issues? Getting everything working right Uh, all at once. Wonderful. Was just this side of miraculous. I'm so happy that's gone. How many cars have you owned? Uh, Only 34. Okay. Well, top five cars you'd have in your garage if cost wasn't was no object. Okay. Um, Just run through the list. 
Okay. What you got? We've got um, one of the the, the redone, retro-done uh, Eagle E-Type Jags. Oh, okay. So yeah, like, yeah, like, yeah. like a 60s yeah, yeah, yeah. Jag, only better E-Type. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, I, I really – it would be hard to pick really the best – for me, like necessarily the, the the American Muscle, so I'm going to go with a '70 Chevelle, an SS. Ah. So if you've ever seen the movie Jack Reacher, he has that. No, red no, one. I know the car well. Okay, one like that one. I want the sound like that too. <laughs> okay, for a, a nice daily, I will take a Porsche GT3 Touring okay. car, and uh, which is so, essentially a 911R. Yeah, 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 and, 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 yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. And, and you can still get those with a six-speed manual, so I'd have that. And uh, for a nice little more fun car, I would have a Carrera GT. Okay. Which okay. they're, what, million-plus-dollar cars now, aren't they? Yeah, seven figures. Ish, yeah. And, of course, to be sensible, because I don't want to be the one guy that has nothing but nothing raw power and gas guzzling, I want to go with a hybrid car. I'm going to go with the uh, 918 Spider. Yeah, hybrid. Yeah, nice, <laughs> sensible, easy gas, electric Ish. That's okay. You're going to be dead in a week anyway. So there you go. I think that was five. Was that five? I think that was five. That was five. That was five. Mark. All right. Uh, my first is a 1940 Packard convertible, and I want it canary yellow because it's awesome. Uh, a 1933 <laughs> Duesenberg boat tail speedster. I love those big chrome honking yes. pipes coming out. The coils kind of like a really cool. killer, you know, uh, And we accuse you of having no taste. I know. Well, and <laughs> well, now <laughs> the rest of the story. <laughs> uh-huh. uh, 1968 Charger, just like in Too Fast, Too Furious. I want that big blower sticking out of the hood. I want to be able to smoke the tires anytime I even think about it. I love that car. Uh, 1966 Chrysler New Yorker. I want it cherry. And I don't care, two-door or four-door. Two-doors are kind of cool, but the four-door just has a presence because it's, you know, 20 feet of, oh, my God. Uh, and a 1960 DeSoto Adventurer with that big, you know, creel-eating front grill. Yeah. And I want that drop-down phono player in it. I honest to there God you figured go. you were going to say that that white-on-white white 60 Dodge Matador we saw a The Matador was super cool, and the dude who uh, sat down listening to him, only. talking to him, super nice guy, put in so much work. We're still trying to figure out whether or not those cup holders were... Uh, dude, that's got to be... If he yeah. did that himself, that is art. Yeah, and if brilliant. that was part of the car, that was stud. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's so cool. That was really, really neat. But I want my fins. Yeah, and, I get it. and but I, I don't want the really you know, late fifties fence without owning a plane. That sixty Desoto, just wicked or a shark. Uh, my top five, you guys, you know the first one. I only bring it up you know nine times a show. Uh, <laughs> sixty five, sixty six, Nassau blue Corvette ragtop, high horse, small block, four speed knockoff, side pipes, blue or white interior, white top. Thank you very much. Uh, <laughs> I want a super performance Cobra with a Roush 427. Now, I would oh, I would yeah. say a real Cobra, but I'm going to go out and do heinous, stupid crap in it. And if anything happens to it, I don't want to feel like I've destroyed a piece of history. Exactly. And so give me the super performance, plus which that Roush 427 has bigger, hairier cojones on it <laughs> than the factory 427s had. Well, you remember, who was it we talked to about uh, the fact that the 427s couldn't get up the mountain? Uh, no, 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 that icing. was Tom, but that was yeah. because of the traction. Yeah, yeah. But the what was it, the three? Uh, 289. 289s to do it. Yep. Um, I want, it, much like Corey, but I am very specific on this one, mm-hmm. black, white stripe, black buckets, 70 Chevelle L- uh, SS LS6. 454, 450 horse. Oof. Grossly and laughingly underrated by GM. It was 450 horse at 4,600 RPM, you giant liars. <laughs> Which means it was closer to 500 at 5,500 RPM and uh, easily could get 500 at 4,600 RPM if you changed out the exhaust manifolds for headers and did a little tuning. Oof. And in race trim was close to six. 100 horsepower Dang. plus 500 pound feet of torque in normal tune and trim right off the showroom floor that is torque that would tear your neighborhood in half yeah um and for the last two i get away from all the american muscle um mid 50s mercedes 300 sl gullwing those are pretty That'd silver awesome with one. a red interior if you please 
<laughs> that that would be and Corey, very awesome. You gotta love this. Uh, I think it was the seventy three or seventy four Porsche nine eleven RSR. Oh. White with blue trim. Yes. Yes. Now, there's your seven-figure car. Now, I have uh, two alternates. One, I want my Bronco back. <laughs> I want my Bronco back. I, I, I want my damn Bronco back. Are we, we, we going to do a hashtag for Brett? At the hashtag, <laughs> I want my Bronco back. Hey, at the time I sold it, I had a good reason to. Yep. And what I did by selling off all those cars uh, I got my family set fiscally pretty nicely. Yeah. And doing all that right before all the COVID crap hit made me look like a damn genius. <laughs> but I miss my truck. Yeah. The other one is I want someone to put my 99 S600 back in perfect running order. Uh, I just don't want to pay to do it. <laughs> is that the one V10? 12. V12. V12. Yeah. V12. Six liter V12, 400 horse, four door. Mercedes was lying. Four hundred horse is the biggest lie there's ever been. I've like been in that car, been in that car at one hundred thirty-five, and it is still mashing you back in the seats. Dang. Oh, and from what I understand from the owners' forum, the things will run one hundred seventy-five miles an hour thereabouts. If you re-flash the chip, they're supposed to be good for about a buck ninety. Good Damn. lord! So four hundred horse, you're lying. out of a ninety-nine Mercedes. Yeah. That wasn't technically sold as a sports car kind of thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. And that's the it's, one that had all the electronic subsystems yeah. and has the hydraulic ride. Wow. And has the double pane glass on the side. It is bank vault silent. Right. It is an incredible car. And it's so quiet until you stick your foot in it. And then it's got just enough howl to it. But it is it is a startling car and it's worth about six grand. Nice. <laughs> uh, worst car-related trouble you've ever been in? I'm not going to say. Um, Bull, you are too. I was 19 and stupid. Statute of limitations. Not going to do it. <laughs> well, nope. That's a no. When, 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 I, when I was 18, um, I mean, it's, I guess not only car-related, but it, I was well, I was in a car. But I, I was at a friend's house, and then uh, you know he had a little bit younger brother, and he had some friends. And he said, hey, uh, could you run us up to the gas station? You know, I was the one that had the car. They didn't, uh, they didn't okay. have a car. Okay. So I was like, yeah, why not? It was late. But I was like, yeah, I'll run you guys up because it would be pretty good walk for, you know, how late it was. So I just went up there and, and they went inside. I just waited in the car. And uh, they came back out. And then we, we took off. And then we got around the corner from the gas station. And the cop pulled me over. I was like, but I wasn't doing anything. I wasn't speeding. wasn't nothing. Uh-huh. So uh, he had me step out of the car and come to the back and blah, blah, blah. I was saying something. It's like, I got a call. Is there anything I should know about the car? I was like, I don't know what, what it is you would know. Well, he pulled the other two guys out, and they had about a 12-pack of beer stuffed in their jacket that they had thrown oh, on my floorboard man. so it looked like oh, my beer. Okay. And I was 18, by the way. So okay. I was this is gonna not look old good. enough. And so then I, I'm the one getting Underage, hauled off to. Shoplifted. Uh, yeah. Okay. And because it was my car and I was driving, even though I didn't know it was in there. That was fun. Good times. Jerks. Uh, Believe it or not, most trouble or the the worst trouble I've ever gotten in in a car. God, this is so tough to narrow it down. God. Because there's there's been. uh, Yeah, hooligan. Yeah. (laughs) There's been so much bad crap. Uh, Oh, when Rhonda and I got married, I bought her a, a white Corvette convertible with a red interior. Oh, what a terrible time in a car. Oh wait, that's not the. That's it, not the it was a, it was a white ninety two. It needed a little bit of work, but yeah. I knew I could get it cheap, and I knew I could do the work, and I did. And it, the car turned out beautifully, and we got it for a song. But uh, a buddy of mine and his girlfriend were visiting from out of town, and my buddy had been bragging about this car, and he wanted me to take his girlfriend for a ride, and, and we were getting on uh, alternate sixty nine southbound from one hundred thirty fifth Street. And as we were pulling on the entrance ramp, a guy in an Acura came flying around from behind me and cut me off getting on the ramp. And I said, oh, no, you don't. And I stuck my foot in that thing as hard (laughs) as I could. And we got to the top of the ramp, and I'm we were pretty close to or over triple digits. And if you've been a speeder for any time at all, you know there are rules. And one of the rules is don't go hauling ass up a highway ramp. You get to the top, you check for car- cops, and then you take off. <laughs> and I forgot one of the cardinal rules. And when I did, there was a cop 
right behind us and I came flying up that ramp. Got to be close to 100 miles an hour. Oops. And cut through a couple of cars real quick. I was going to try to catch the guy in the Acura. And I'm focused on the guy on the Acura. Meanwhile, Overland Park Police Department is hauling up my back door with the lights on. Oh, boy. Pulled me over, said I was going so fast he didn't even have a chance to get the gun on me. And Interesting. wrote me for Reckless, which in Kansas is a pretty heavy-duty fine. Oh, I bet. Mm-hmm. And that wound up costing me over $1,000 to get it knocked down to careless, oh. not reckless. Yeah. Um, so probably the most expensive one. Uh, believe it or not, I caught another hellacious ticket in another Corvette. And you know you're in trouble when the cop walks up to your door and he's laughing. So <laughs> he's saying, "I'm getting my bonus." No, uh, yeah, not good. Okay, finally, guys, my favorite question ever: dumbest thing you've ever done in a car, which is not necessarily the most trouble you've ever gotten in in a car, because a lot of times the dumb stuff you do, you manage to get out of, and you still live to tell about it. When I, when I, when I think of the dumbest thing, I, I I think of dumbest thing, but that you got away without any real trouble that's how i that's how i see that question so mark dumbest thing uh god armor Um, all on a seat before blind date (laughs) (laughs) you know i I think i'm gonna have to go with that actually (laughs) i'm so glad you brought that up because i'm like i I haven't really challenged the roads all that hard in the vehicles that i've driven because most of them were not great i mean i I had a 77 ltd for a short time that uh drove okay down in dallas but i got it up here in the cold weather and all of a sudden the the uh carb just completely crapped out on it and that's when i got my geo storm but uh probably yeah um having a a hard vinyl seat cover from Walmart's really meant for a pickup truck bench seat cover that I put in that Plymouth and my very first uh, really real date took a senior girl and I was just a sophomore look at you you stud took her to court warming and uh, court warming court warming that's for basketball oh okay down there in the Ozarks and we uh, uh, I remember I, he comes from uh, I didn't know from that Branson, much of a language which I is shined, Vegas for people without teeth yeah. I shined that thing up stem to stern and that's what I still had my three piece corduroy uh, <laughs> uh, suit <laughs> and I mean I was wicked ass looking good in that thing uh, and uh, we, we get into it and I didn't realize you know I had the steering wheel to hang on to because it had no seatbelts. Sure. And uh, uh, poor Sharon. Uh, she's sliding around. Oh, like shit. She was a, a pinball. <laughs> like a puck on an air hockey table. <laughs> Honest to God. <laughs> and it just got worse from there. Uh, I didn't think about checking to see if the restaurants were open, you know, at, at 830 o'clock on a Friday night in the middle of winter in Branson, Missouri. By the way, at that time, they were not. No, they uh, shut off the lights and rolled uh, up the sidewalks. It was awful. God bless her for at least getting through it. Oh my. Okay, Corey. All right. So I'll just I'll pick a simple little story here. Um, this was I, was I was in my Jeep, and in the summertime, I've I've always got my top off, the doors off, you know, things like that when driving Jeep around. So, so we roundabout, and uh, at one point, we we're taking off, and I was like, well, I always have water or something with me too. So I was like, I I went down my cup holder. I was like, well, I was thirsty. I was like, shoot, water's not there. It's not there. And I was like, okay, what the hell did I do with my damn drink? And I was like, ah, it's in the back. Because we were out and about, and I, I had know. the tailgate open, and I stuck it. It's got cruise control. I'll just say Boom. It. So, <laughs> I did have a buddy with me. And so, I said, huh. I just looked at him and said, I'm thirsty. Seat went all the way back. Seat belt came off. I went into the back of the Jeep to climb through it. Obviously, there's no top. So, I can do that. There was no top I'm, on there. I'm waiting to see where and, this um, goes. I reached, and there it was. I got. I was on the stand on the back seat. I reached down. I grabbed my water. I took a drink. I went back to my seat. Put my water, this time I took it with me, and put the seat back up, put my seatbelt on, and then continued to drive. Because, yes, we were moving at about 50 miles an hour. Okay. No, not bright. And Dumb. then my friend didn't say a thing. He went, boom, grabbed the wheel because I did do the cruise control thing. So I hit the cruise control in there. And then I said, uh, I'm thirsty. And boom, it went like this, let go. And he's like, he grabbed the wheel, okay. didn't say a word. And then when I got back up and got got back in the seat, grabbed the steering wheel again, he pulled his hand away and just very calmly said, don't do that to me again. Yeah. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get on him. Um I'm trying to narrow this down. I am. I I God, there's such a list. It's such a list. Uh until I was 25, I'd never own a car that I hadn't had airborne at one time. And by airborne, I mean all four wheels off the ground at the same time. You can see daylight under the car. 
uh, I used to see how fast every car would go within a week or two of owning it. I can tell you what the terminal velocity is on that 60 Corvette. Um, it, it comes just after the front end gets lift and starts changing lanes on you. Uh, good grief. I've done so many stupid things. Uh, here's a good one. Going to school in McPherson. And I've got a bunch of friends who live in Hutchinson, and it's about 26 miles one way. And I used to run back and forth in a Grand Prix GTP I had. And I decided one winter when that little two-lane strip, it was 61 highway. It's a two-lane highway that's got a little bit of shoulders, and that's it. But there's three turns in it, the entire lane, the entire 26 miles. There's a turn wow, coming out it? of Mac long straight there's a little turn at this little town that's really a co-op with some houses around it and then another long straight and then there's another turn about five miles outside of hutch and that's it the thing is a string straight road wow and it snowed and it was snow packed but nobody was on it because it had snowed and i figured it would be a good idea to see if i could do 120 miles an hour in the snow on that string straight road between because we've all thought that right mark that's smart hey how fast can i go in the snow um <laughs> I, I have not done that by I, the way i did it a few times and i'm here to tell about always it. Had a lot of fun in my jeep though uh it's weird you know you get going fast enough the car doesn't really skid around that much you just just kind of plows through then huh? you're really going and there's a giant cloud of smoke of snow behind yeah. you yeah but that's probably one of the ones i can talk about that didn't involve police or somebody's <laughs> daughter or van Vandalism. Uh, yeah, I was going to get to the whole jumping in the railroad three, track story. Three buddies of mine, or two buddies of mine, and I lived together in an apartment when we were going to college, fresh out of high school. And one buddy was dating a girl we hated. And we hated her. We knew where her parents lived. So one night we took my Suburban out and collected all the realty signs and backyard statuary we could find, took them all to her dad's house and put them in the front yard. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> you know, what's a Friday night without a little bit of a, And we may or may That's not. like have, someone I knew that took, you know, those lawn globes? Same yeah. Same kind of thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah. went on the neighborhood and collected everybody's in the neighborhood. Oh, yeah. There was a bunch of And put it on one of their friend's front yards. Well, you remember the <laughs> you remember the old Suburbans from the 80s that, uh, you know, didn't have the back seat in them. You could fold down the, the what would have been the middle row seats if it had the third row. But yeah. You could, and you could get a sheet of plywood in it. Oh, yeah. It was huge inside. Right. I had one of those that was a surveyor version with the steel wheels and the poverty caps on it and that sort of thing. We Filled it. <laughs> filled it. And we you filled we, the train cart full We of stuff. may or may not have run over a couple saplings in his yard. You know, my buddy, uh, <laughs> it was his mom who came back into the house and said, Dave, go look at your car. Oh, yeah. Because he had a, uh, he had a, it was a Toyota station wagon, just a bare bones. It might have still yeah. been a Datsun before it was even became Toyota. You mean he's a little like- blue one? Just, it, it looked like a Volvo, uh, a shrunk Volvo station wagon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was parked in front of his house, and perhaps uh, a friend of mine and I were bored out of our freaking minds on a Saturday night in Branson, Missouri in the winter. And we went around, uh, I had my mom and dad's pickup truck. Have, yeah. We uh we went and we loaded so many uh, safety cones and so many of the flashing <laughs> blinker oh folding yeah. you know sawhorses and we surrounded his car with the flashing blinkers and then ran the cones down the middle of it like a mohawk <laughs> and then left and that's like two a.m. So it was there all night blinking around his car. His mom was not amused. (laughs) All righty, guys. This has been a long show, but an informative one. People who are listening to us think we're all a bunch of delinquents now, and there's probably no reason they should listen to us. But we are thrilled that you do. We love what we do, and we wouldn't be able to do it without the support of you, our audience. You can find us online at DrivenRadioShow.com and ReadTheDriven.com. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Driven Radio Show and everywhere fine podcasts are heard. Oh, by the way, long as I'm thinking of it, people, go on iTunes or Stitcher and leave us a five-star review if you would be so kind. We're starting to get some good reviews back on iTunes, and we appreciate those. Thank you very much. I am Brett Hatfield for Corey Pratt and Catfish Groves. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you here next time on Driven Radio. Driven Radio.